everyone. Jesus closed the door on shame and he opened the door to repentance and freedom. Let us live in this freedom this morning as we stand together and worship together this morning.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a brand new year. Amen. Aren't you glad it's a brand new year? 2021. Praise God. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we wouldn't be here, church. Can we give the Lord a great big hand clap? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And our Bible verse today will just remind us of who this wonderful, mighty God of ours is and what he wants us to do. In Psalm 100, the psalmist says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Praise God. We've surely done that. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And that it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Some people think they're self-made. But we're made by the mighty hands of God. Praise God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people, the Bible says. The sheep of his pastures. That's a little humbling. And he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with Praise, amen, what we just did in song and in word. We praise the Lord, praise God. And then David tells us why we should do this. He said, for the Lord is good. Church, God is a good God. Do you know that? Praise God. He's been mighty, mighty good to me and mine. Woke me up this morning. Praise God. And apparently all of us too. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Let us go to the Lord in prayer at this time. And thank him for being our God and for being our blesser. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, Lord, once again, thank you for bringing us into this brand new year. We thank you, dear God, for the Bible tells us that our very next breath in all of our ways are in your hands. We're here because you said we would be here. And if you hadn't, we would not be. A lot of folks, Lord, didn't make it. Our prayers go out to their families. We trust and believe that they're with you right now, dear God. We've lost so many this past year. But, Father God, you've told us that though the afflictions of the righteous may be many, that you, the Lord, will deliver us from it all. We have hope. Because we have God. I feel sorry for anybody who does not know God at a time like this. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who has given us the victory. Amen. Lord, bless all of us. Watch over us. Keep us safe from danger seen and unseen alike. As only you can. You are our protector. Cover us with your feathers, O God. So that under your wings we can trust. Give your angels charge over us. To guard us. To keep us. Your word says that the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear you with holy reverence. That's us there, God. We love you. We fear you in a godly, holy way. We thank you for the promise of your angels who will bear us up in their hands. So that we will not dash our foot against the stones. Father God, we ask that you bless everybody who is here today and those at home who thought it not robbery to turn on their televisions or their internet connections and just 
Spend the time that we're spending right now in your presence where there is fullness of joy, where the blessings are in your presence. Thank you, dear God, for each and every gift that you have bestowed upon us. Sometimes we're and just saying, thank you, Lord, for the air that I breathe. Thank you, dear God, for what we call the little things until we can't do them anymore. And then they become the big things. Thank you for blessing us as only you can. Father, we ask that you bless us throughout this year. We ask that you bring harmony unto your people, bring racial harmony, bring political harmony, dear God. Lord, let the, the arguing and the, and the strife, let it end, God, enough already. Let us concentrate on you. What has come upon our country and the world should have us all lifting up our eyes into the hills to you, dear God. Help us to realize that you alone are the answer. You are not only our supply, but you are our only resource for everything. And you, Lord, whom we live, move, and have our being. We thank you in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Happy New Year, CTC family. Welcome to another holiday edition of the Weekly Announcements. I'm Debbie. And I'm Bill. And here's this week's news. As we all become more familiar with our new online campus address, we also wanted to help you navigate the site. You can press the request prayer button at the bottom of the screen at any time to ask for prayer. During the live broadcast, a host will join you in a chat room to pray with you. At other times, your request will be emailed directly to us. To get access to previous messages, click the past messages link in the upper right corner. Perspectives on the World Christian Movement is coming the end of January. Perspectives is a 15-week in-depth course that explores how God is moving in the world today. The class is available as either in person or on Zoom. You can see Doug or Denise Kinnear to find out more information or to sign up for the course. On the weekend of January 9th and 10th, we will begin a new series called God's Eye View. During this series, we will have the chance to see the world and all of God's creation the way He sees it. Many of the messages will coincide with topics covered in the Perspectives class. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net. And again, if you're worshiping with us online, click the Request Prayer button at the bottom of the screen at any time. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. so wonderful to see you all here this morning and to have you online with us. Thank you for uh, joining us this morning. It is good to see all of you here today. Uh, I am glad to be with you because my wife and I have, have, uh, have completed our time in quarantine and we are feeling much better and uh, it's been a, a long time. I'm so grateful for uh, the, the ministers and that means the people of this church who step up and care for one another. You know, the, the work of the church is not done by the pastors and the staff. The work of the church is done by the body of Christ, and that is you. 
That's all of you. Those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'm humbled uh, by the ministers that we have. Not just in this room, but online and the conversations you have, how you care for one another, how you share Christ's love with one another. And I praise God for all of you and thank you. And uh, you know what? It's not time for the sermon yet, so I'm not going to give it. But we're in this new year. Let's give thanks to God for that new year that we're in and anticipate the good things that God is going to do in and through us, the ways that God is going to manifest his glory, his praise, his goodness in our lives in many ways. And uh, so I want to encourage you as we as we stay connected together to fill out the connect card. If you're here in the room, take that little connect card out of the uh, envelope that's on the table. Fill out the connect card. Even if you have filled it out before, fill it out again, please. And if you go online, fill out the connect card on our on our website. Uh, it lets us know who's here and tells us. How expansive is our ministry? And it also helps us stay connected, praying for one another and uh, staying close with each other. Be sure to tell us some prayer requests, even if it's just to say, hey, pray for my family and friends. Every week we go through those prayer requests several times and we're praying for you and one another. It's the way we stay connected. We also give back to God. We serve God by giving ourselves to him. And uh, so there are ways that we can give. You can give online, ctcde.net. You can give in the envelopes that we've got here. Place them in a basket as you leave uh, the building today. So glad that you're here with us today as we love God, as we serve God together and serve one another. And we we engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you to stand as we continue to worship. And let me offer a prayer as as we give and we continue to worship God. Let's stand together if you are as you are able. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for a new year. And uh, Lord, we just want to say we, we love you this morning. We thank you for giving yourself to us, for giving your Son, Jesus Christ, to us. Thank you for nourishing us. Thank you for giving us the bread of life. We need you, Jesus. As we sing this song, come and and speak to our hearts as we sing to you. And come and fellowship with us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
really is our Lord. God is holy. He's perfect. And He loves us. On this New Year's Day, the first Sunday of the year, we've seen the miracle of the Nativity. And we're entering the season where we can talk about Jesus being baptized and doing all his miracles and teaching. And then the revelation, God's revelation of Christ work here on earth. Let us look to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just not being holy. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to save us so that we could be reunited with you forever through all eternity. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for all that you've done for us, for all that you're doing for us, and all that you will do. We could never thank you enough. If we had a thousand tongues, we could not sing your praises sufficiently. If we started from the time the sun rose until the time the sun set and we went to sleep, we could not thank you enough. So thank you. Father God, for loving us. Thank you for being faithful and your love enduring forever. We ask, Lord, that you send your spirit and that you move by your spirit through this place as our pastor comes to bring the word. Give us spiritual ears to hear and give us spiritual eyes to see, Father. Reveal to us how we will take that word that you are sending and apply it to our lives. Help us to bless others through what we hear and what we read and what you tell us so that others who do not know you may be saved. Father, just bless us. Pour out your spirit on this place and let your word go forth. Bless our pastor and bless us. Bless the hearers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. again as we gather together. Some people might be tempted to um, call the year 2020 crummy. I looked up some words, what does crummy mean? (laughs) And I wanted to spell it C-R-U-M-B-Y, kind of crumbly, because that's what it sounds like. Eh. C-R-U-M-M-Y is the slang way to spell that, that word. And uh, the dictionary gave some negative descriptions about things. Just not going our way, not going the way we wanted to. And uh, I don't know if anybody's 2020 went that direction. And uh, mine certainly didn't. And uh, I don't think yours did either. And in, in a way we can look back and be tempted to call it crummy. We're going to look at a scripture passage this morning about crumbs and how a woman just uh, needed just a crumb. And uh, so I, I wanted to, to reflect on that idea this morning. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Carolyn and I have been uh, in hibernation for a couple of weeks uh, because of COVID. 
and uh, we're doing much better, and we're glad to to be feeling much better. I don't wish that on anyone, and uh, uh, but it's but God got us through it, and it was a it was a good a good time to see God bringing healing into our lives, and we're grateful for that. One of the th- one of the experiences I had was just that 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 mental discipline that it takes to to stop everything, to shift everything, to go back into uh, isolation, and it's not easy to do. We all have things that we want to do, especially at Christmas time, and we had expectations about the Christmas Eve services and things like that, and and uh, we had to change all those plans and and whatever, and. Uh, you know, it was uh, Carolyn's birthday during that time, and uh, you know you have expectations uh, about uh, a birthday celebration, and you want to celebrate your wife's birthday, and then you can't do that, and you fix this great meal, and she can't even taste it, and uh, all the all these things that go along with COVID that's not always just not fun to do with, but we, we get through it, and uh, we have to, and God is with us. During that time, I came across this scripture that the, the day that I read it, it, it was almost as if God had come and just, uh, I don't know, poured water, uh, uh, quenching a thirsty tongue. I don't know how else to put it. It was just a, a little word that God gave me that was so refreshing uh, and I don't know what, what you could compare it to in your life. Putting a dry sponge into a bucket of water that just instantly absorbs it and kind of goes, ah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you've had the experience of, of being underwater, holding your breath for a long time, and then coming out of the water and being able to take that first big breath and how refreshing and how life-giving that is. It's kind of what I felt when I read this scripture on that particular day. It was an act of God, God coming into my life in a new and a fresh way that just made me go, thank you, Jesus. God is alive. Jesus is real. And he's here with us. And so I want us to look at this scripture this morning. It comes from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. And this is a section where, where it's fairly early in the life, uh, uh, in the ministry of Jesus. But let's read it. Mark 7, verse 24. Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Now, this is one of the, this is a theme that particularly runs through the book of Mark that Jesus continues to try to keep his identity uh, hidden from others. There are several times when he says, I'm, uh, don't tell anybody who I am. And it reminds me, kind of in the book of John, in, in the, first, uh, the first miracle that the Gospel of John reports Jesus doing f- for others, is at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And if you remember that situation, Jesus was at the wedding. They ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother told the, um, the MC or the master of ceremonies or whoever uh, was in charge of the food to go see Jesus and he would take care of the absence of wine. And Jesus heard his mother say that and said, 
What business is it of yours? It's not my time. And then, and then his mother turns to the people and just says, do what he tells you to do. And just like a good mother, this says, do what mom says anyway. <laughs> just do it, Jesus. And he turns the water into wine. His first miracle. But what he had said to his mother was, it's not my time yet. And so even in the book of John, we see Jesus trying to withhold his identity as to who he really is. And here in the book of Mark, we see him doing the same thing. He's trying to hide himself and who he is. He's trying to keep it a secret, but you can't keep secret what God does in this world. Jesus isn't going to do it. We're going to see it many times. And I think many people, I and many scholars have wondered, really, what is Jesus trying to do in this? And what's the purpose? But nonetheless, we may not understand it. Jesus is still trying to keep his identity a secret. But verse 25 says, Right away, the woman who heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit. And she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia. I'm going to pause there again and say this is a woman who is not a Jewish woman. And Jesus, up until this time, Jesus had been saying to us that he comes for the Jewish people. And it takes us back to, the, to Abraham. When Abraham promised, when God promised to Abraham to make Abraham a blessing to all the nations, but first Jesus came to bring the good news and to bring the people of Abraham, the Israelites, back into a relationship with God. Because through those people, God is going to bring a blessing to the whole world. So the promise of God has got to go through the people of God, the Israelites. And Jesus knows that, and he comes to, tell, to speak to and bring back to God the Israelites. But this woman is not an Israelite. She's a Gentile. She was born in Syrian Phoenicia, which is on the east, eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea, a very prosperous country known throughout history as being excellent seafarers. And they had great trade through there. The, the word Phoenicia has something to do with the color purple. And so these were people who created and sold the color purple, which was, which, which was a great commodity to be able to uh, sell. And they became wealthy in part because of selling of purple. So that's who this woman is. She's not a Jew, but she hears about this person, Jesus, and she comes to and she pleads with Jesus. Come and heal my daughter from this demon. Verse 27 says, Jesus responded to her and said, first, I should feed my own family, the Jews. It is not right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, uh, we all think that Jesus is kind and nice, and we might like to think that Jesus is politically correct, but if Jesus was in our world today, this would be one of the things that somebody would be saying, Jesus, that's not politically correct to say. 
You just called this woman a dog. And Jesus would be like, okay. <laughs> that is, it's not right for me to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But, but listen, this, this woman doesn't get offended. This woman doesn't say, I'm going to sue you, Jesus. <laughs> this woman continues to engage Jesus. Because she knows that Jesus has something that she needs. So let's continue. Instead of being offended at the way Jesus describes her as a dog. She says, that's true. That's true. You should not take the food intended for children and throw it to the dogs. And I'm going to ignore the fact that you insinuated, Jesus, that I'm one of the dogs. And I'm still going to come and listen to you because even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. I I think there are times when God gives us his word and it hits us harshly and we want to get offended By the way God speaks to us. And if we get offended by the way God speaks to us, we're going to miss the total message that God has for us. God has life for us. God has nourishment for us. God has truth that is going to break through the reality of our lives and lead us into a reality that only God can bring forth. I mentioned that while I was dealing with COVID and in isolation, I read this scripture. And it was just a crumb. I'm going to get to that word. It was just a crumb. It was just a small morsel of the grace of God. But I needed that morsel on that day. And how refreshing it is. Do you relate to this experience of being hungry, being so desirous for something that even just the smallest amount of that seems like a grand and wonderful thing. Can you relate to that at all? Can you? I hope you can. Find some experience in your life when you wanted something that even just the smallest amount of it was was like the greatest blessing. I think another parallel of this passage would be the passages of Scripture where Jesus might talk about the faith of a mustard seed. And all it takes is the faith of a mustard seed and you can move mountains. Jesus taught that. And here's another example that this that this Gentile woman, this non-Jewish woman, recognizes in Jesus that if I can just come and get a small piece of what you have to offer, Jesus, my entire life will be changed. Do we come to the Lord with that kind of anticipation, hunger, and hope? Because in Jesus is life. In just the smallest morsel of the grace and the kindness of Jesus, we find hope. Another person who comes to mind is the woman who knew she had, and I think this also comes from the book of John. Another example. 
There was a crowd around Jesus that day. This woman was at the edge of the crowd and she was following behind Jesus. She had been sick for 13 years. She was bleeding. And it was, it, 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 it was, you have to realize this. And it's not a very pretty picture. The kind of bleeding that she had been experiencing for 13 years was in some ways a natural form of a, a female bleeding. But we all know that that's not supposed to happen for 13 years. She was sick. Nobody could bring healing to her. And she had the guts to see Jesus passing in this crowd. And something in her said, if I could just touch the fringe on his robe, I will be healed. If I could just get close enough and crawl even close to just touch the hem of his garment. I would be healed. So she kept saying to that, that to herself as she wormed her way and pushed her way. Now, you, you, you have to understand this. It probably wasn't very difficult for her. For 13 years, people knew that she was an untouchable. A woman with an illness like that is filthy, dirty. She is ceremonially unclean. For 13 years, nobody would touch her. So it probably was not difficult for her to make her way through this crowd. Because as people saw her coming, they knew who she was and they knew she was unclean. And they were very willing to step aside so that she could get to Jesus. Because they didn't want to touch her because she's dirty. What a way to live life. But she kept saying to herself, if I can just get to the touch the hem of his garment. In other words, if I can have just a morsel, a crumb of the power and the life that Jesus has, I will be healed. Do you approach Jesus with that kind of intense, desirous, do you need Jesus that way? I do. I need Jesus like that every day. And I need to come to Him and say, Jesus, I don't know how much of you I can handle today, but just give me a morsel of who you are. So, she replied, Jesus, that's true, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. And Jesus says to her, Good answer, verse 29. Good answer. Now, go home because the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. There are so many lessons we can take from this Scripture. One that I've emphasized is just that smallest amount of trust in Jesus. Faith, that morsel. 
of what this mother knew that Jesus could do. Just say the word. Come and heal. My daughter, cast the demon away from her. It was done in an instant. I think it's important for us in our, in our Western world, we don't, always, we don't always recognize the presence of evil in this world. That's a mistake. Now, I don't want to be the person that, that and, and I think Scripture says, don't, don't go looking for evil under every rock. <laughs> but evil is there. And we need to be aware of that. We are living in a spiritual battle in this world. And we need to deal not only with spiritual things with spiritual things, but spirit, physical things with spiritual things. <laughs> and it's, it's a real world there. This woman understood that her daughter was being controlled by an evil spirit of some kind. I don't know what kind that is. We also need to be going to Jesus on behalf of other people. I think that's easy for parents to do for their children. Um, I constantly, Carolyn and I are constantly praying for our children, even though they're young adults now. And I think more and more I think of how my parents must have prayed for me and Carolyn and for our children as we were Young adults. I can't call myself a young adult anymore. I might be able to use the words, but <laughs> we're all adults. Parents, keep praying for your children. I'm looking at you, I know, because I see the prayer requests that you have, and I see a lot of parents still praying for your children for their health, for their healing, for their salvation, for God to do a miracle in their life. Thank you, Jesus, for parents who continue to pray for their children. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. And maybe we're the ones that come crawling to Jesus. And we're the ones that are just, Lord Jesus, if I can just have a morsel of your truth, you will bring healing to my child. And so we lay our children at the feet of Jesus. We say, thank you, God, for doing what I cannot do as a parent. Because I don't have any control over my children. I have very little control over my children. Even as a parent of toddlers. Daniel and Chrissy. <laughs> you, you, you think you have control over, over them, and you do have a lot of control over your children, but you do not have total control over your children. Ah, maybe we need to be, as a church, we need to be praying for the parents of, of young children. Lord, bless them and keep them and help them, give them wisdom as they seek to lead their children in the direction that you want them to go. God's good. And He's giving us this lesson to go to Jesus with whatever our concerns are. Let's not miss the point in this scripture that Jesus, this is the first time in the book of Mark that Jesus, his ministry is going, is stretching beyond the Hebrew people to the Gentile people. 
In that world, there were two kinds of people. You were either Jewish or you were not. You were Jewish or you were Gentile. And Jesus has said clearly, I'm going to the children of God first. But here is a woman who is not a Jewish person who recognizes that even though she's not Jewish, she needs Jesus. She needs God's power in her life. And her daughter is going to die if her daughter doesn't have the power of God in her life. And so here is this Gentile person. Here's this person that says, oh, that that God of the Hebrews, he's not for me, but I need him anyway. And she discovers that he is for me. Because remember back, the promise that God gave to Abraham was that through Abraham's family, God would be a blessing to all the nations of the world. And so even now in the New Testament, we see the promise of God fulfilling that through the people of God, through Abraham's family. And indeed, Jesus is for all people. So by the time we get to Jesus at the cross, who is it that is at the cross the first one to declare, surely this is the Son of God? It's not a Jew. It's a Roman. And he's the one that says, he looks at Jesus, the Roman centurion looks at Jesus and says, surely this is the Son of God. So Jesus has come to bring His power, His love, His salvation, His life, His wholeness to all people. And all people recognize their need for Jesus. Oh, just give me a crumb, Jesus, at the table of the Lord. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed. And the demon was gone. Thank you, Lord. Lord, take away the demons in our lives. Take away the illnesses in our lives. Take away the evil from our society. Heavenly Father, come and be with our nation this week. Who knows what's going to happen? But Lord, you be glorified in this nation however you want to be. We need Jesus in our country. We need Jesus in our leaders. We need Jesus. And who is willing to come to the table of the Lord and say, just give me a morsel and be glorified. Take away the evil from our world. What if all of the Christians... In our nation and in our world. What if the Christians in China prayed for the United States of America and said, Lord, take away the evil from that nation? What if the Christians in America prayed for the people of China and said, Lord, take away the evil in that nation? Take away the corruption. Well, we know that there's corruption in every government. Lord, you be the sovereign one, because we know that you desire every nation, every tongue, every tribe bow down and declare Jesus as Lord of all, because he is the king of kings. Lord, just give us a morsel of your power 
in our lives today. I was thinking uh, a couple of days ago. I was uh, I, I came across this story from Tennessee, and somehow I, I think it's related because it it takes us back to a, maybe a modern illustration of somebody willing to do even the smallest and slightest thing in order for something far greater to occur. And that's what it means to come to Jesus with just this, Lord, give me just a morsel. Let the youngest among us do the greatest thing. So I was impressed when I saw this news story of a family who just before Christmas, their house caught on fire. And it was a small town in the mountains of Tennessee. I didn't look up to see where the, I assume it was the mountains. Maybe it was the western part of the state. <clears throat> the mother in the news story, as, as, as she was interviewed, said, Somebody woke me up and I knew it was God. Somebody woke me up. And I knew it was God. God is still present and active in our world today. And God still does things that cannot be explained. (laughs) Thank you, God, for waking up mothers in the middle of the night because the house is on fire. She woke her husband up. He was a volunteer fireman in the community. And his own house was on fire. He grabbed the, the fire extinguisher to try to fight the fire and to buy some time. Wasn't trying to save the house. He's just trying to buy some time so that mom could get the children out of the house. Three children. A seven-year-old, a younger child, two boys. Apparently they were in the same bedroom. She was able to get the two boys out of the house. But the third child, who was a 22-month-old daughter, was still in her crib, in her bedroom. They could not get to the daughter's bedroom through the hallway. So they had the two sons and the father and the mother outside the house. The mother says, that's the most frightening day of my life when I realized I can't get to my daughter. This mother in this scripture is in the same predicament. My daughter is going to die and I cannot help her except that you, Jesus, come and help. And so the family was outside of this house. And finally, the father who said to his son, I'm going to break the window of your sister's room. And I'm going to throw you, seven-year-old son. Colin, how old are you? Uh-oh, Colin. Hey, Colin, how old are you? Seven? Oh, my gosh. Colin, would you be willing to come stand up here beside me? So we can see a seven-year-old. He's going to put his mask on. Good for him. I'm going to step over here. I know I interrupted. I interrupted. Stay, stay right there. Whoops. All right, right. Colin, you can see him on the on the camera. I got my little table with my Bible right at right at Colin's neck. So the father 
Did you hear? Were you hearing me telling this story? His sister, she's 22 months old. Do you know how many years is 22 months? Math question. How many months in one year? Twelve. <laughs> so she was almost two years old. Twenty-two months. How old's your sister? Five. So this baby was 22 months old, stuck in a fire. And, and imagine, I can, I can picture your dad doing this to you. If Catherine was stuck. He'd break the window and he said, Colin, I gotta, I'm going to throw you in back into the house. There's no fire in the room where your sister is yet. But you need to go in there and you need to stay low under the smoke. And I want you to crawl over to her crib and I want you to grab her out. And I want you to bring her back to the window and hand her to me and I'll pull both of you out of the window. Do you think you could do that? Yeah. This seven-year-old boy was, would you be scared? Yeah, me too. (laughs) But the seven-year-old boy said, Dad, I can't do that. I can't do that. And finally the brother says, but I don't want my sister to die. And so I will do it. (laughs) And so he picked him up and he threw him back into the house. And the son was still scared. But he kept thinking, I don't want my sister to die, so I'm going to do it. And he crawled across the floor, and he grabbed his sister, picked her up, and they came out, and he saved his sister's life. And they all got out safely. And if you watch the video, you see the house in the background, it's totally destroyed. And they had somebody set up a... a uh, a GoFundMe account, their goal was $5,000 to try to help the family out. By the time the fund was filled, they had like 300 and some thousand dollars that had been donated to the family. Thank you, Jesus. That's a, that's a story <laughs> of God doing a mighty and a powerful thing through a young man, same age as Colin. Thank you, Colin, for just coming up here and standing here. I don't have anything to give you. But God is so good to us that through the child, God can do powerful things. Through a mother who just comes and says, be with my child. Give my child a morsel of your goodness. Give me, Jesus, as the parent, give me, Jesus, just a small peace of the grace and the hope and the comfort that can come from you. I just need a morsel of you, Jesus, today. Is that where you are? Man, I'm Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord, give me a morsel. We're going to celebrate communion. And if if you're... (laughs) If you don't get the connection between getting a morsel of Jesus and taking a communion, taking communion, I'm, gonna, I'm praying for you, Lord. Awaken the heart and the mind and the soul of the person who doesn't get it. We just need a morsel of you. Let's take a moment and let's prepare ourselves. If, if you're at home, this is the time when you can... Uh, go get some bread or some juice, grape juice, We use, which is what we use here in the church. 
If you're at home, go ahead and use some wine. <laughs> but bring it, and let's celebrate communion together. If you're here in the room, we've got these little cups of communion. We're not going to gather. Uh, we're not going to invite you to come forward this morning to, uh, to receive it. You'll take that little uh, piece of bread. Let that tiny little crumb of a bread. I know, it doesn't taste very good, and I don't know what it's made from. Uh, we've got gluten-free communion uh, wafers here at the table. And if you prefer to have gluten-free, please come right on up and, and take one of these uh, one of these things. Pastor, uh, Pastor Vaughn, would you be willing to uh, take this uh, basket with the gluten-free stuff on it and pass it to those who might need that? And just lift your hand if you want Pastor Vaughn to come and uh, bring you one of these. Let's take a moment and let's, let's, let's prepare and let's pray together as we hear Uh, and receive this small morsel. But this is only a symbol. This is just a sign of the far greater thing that Jesus has done and continues to do in our lives. So let's pray together. I think we've got... Do we have the Lord's Prayer uh, up there? There we are. Let me invite you to to, uh, stand with me as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And... uh, Let's, let's pray together. There we are. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We remember that day when Jesus met with his disciples. It was many days after this woman came and was at the table with Jesus. There was another day when Jesus was at the table with his disciples and he took the bread and he gave it. i got to get one. Thank you. He took the bread and he gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, remember that I died for you. Remember that I love you. Remember that this is just a morsel of my love for you. So let's take and eat and be thankful. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. And he said to his disciples, This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. He gave thanks to God for the task that he had to do. And he says, Whenever you drink this, remember me. Because this is me giving myself to you. This is me giving new life to you. This is me giving you hope. So drink this and be thankful for what Christ is doing for us. Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself to us in this way. Thank you, Jesus, for just a morsel. Come, Lord Jesus, and flood our hearts, flood our minds, 
flood our lives with your presence, with your power, with your peace, with your comfort, with your love. Be manifest in our nation. Be lifted up and glorified. Lord, we need you. We ask you, as we prayed in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. Take it away, Jesus, and take us from it. We want to serve you. We want to glorify you through our lives. So thank you, Father, for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What are some next steps that you can take? Uh, please, go back online. If you, if you uh, have a prayer request, go online and let us know what that prayer request is. If you'd like to come here, if you're in the room for prayer, let somebody come and pray with you this morning. And, and let's go to God together for one another and say, Lord, just fill us with your hope and your peace. Give us a morsel. Thank you for being here this morning. Let's continue to worship God as we sing together.
Hallelujah. There is a sweet, sweet spirit in the house today, brothers and sisters. Can you feel the presence of God in your spirit? I know I sure can. We feel it and hear it in the singing, in the word of God that was preached to us today. I can't think of a better place to be than where we are right now to start the new year off. Amen. And I thank God for this holy house that the presence of the Lord makes holy and makes us holy because we're here to worship him to lift up the name of Jesus may we continue doing that all throughout this year in our lives may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in God's sight remembering always that he is our strength he is our redeemer Once again, we thank Pastor Roger for the excellent word that he brought to us today. I'm so glad that he's well and healthy. Aren't you? That is a gift from God. Let's give God glory. Thank you, Lord, for a healthy pastor and first lady. And, Lord, everyone that is in touch by this this illness here, God, you've healed us. And, Lord, there have been some loss. We know they're with you, dear God. Bless their families, Lord. Help them through this time. Lord, we ask that you take the COVID away from us. Our eyes are upon you, dear God. But one thing for sure, we have Jesus. No matter what we're going through, we have the Lord. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Bible says, but the Lord will, not maybe, he will deliver us from them all, says the psalmist. But I trust God. As we leave today, please, Welcome each other into your, your, your lives as brothers and sisters. As we go out to the rest of the world, tell them about the goodness of Jesus. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. And if you can, invite them back next week so that they can hear some good preaching and singing. And they can feel his presence like we do right now. If there's anybody here who needs to talk about something on your heart, something in your life. We're going through a lot of things, a lot of us. Most of us, please know you can come and talk to anybody on this platform. Anybody in the ministry, anybody on staff, we're here for you. And we just ask in the name of Jesus that he blesses us with the words to tell you. Mainly that Jesus loves you. You are not alone. And we will get through this together. Amen. Praise God. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. And bring somebody back with you next week. Okay? God bless. Amen. Amen.